Listen, we're in a series right now called It's Complicated. Everybody say it's complicated. It's complicated. How many know relationships can be complicated? And so what we wanted to do is we wanted to dedicate two weeks to kind of discussing and talking about the subject of relationships. And I think it's really important to address it. And what mom did last week, she did an incredible job. Pastor Stacy talked about communicating. How many know there's a difference between talking and communicating? See, because talking is a monologue, communicating is a dialogue. I want to be somebody that when I communicate, people are listening to me. And so how many know there's so much more facets than just, you know, speaking words out of your mouth. Communicating is, you know, there's body language. You're communicating with your words. You're communicating with your actions. And she did a great job communicating about how to communicate in a way that people want to listen. Communicating with humility, communicating with grace, and communicating with truth. I thought she did a brilliant job. And so we're trying to teach you how to have, here's my definition, relational harmony. And so you can't have perfect relationships. How many know that? You can't have perfect relationships, but you can't have harmonious relationships. In other words, there's a rhythm to the relationships, and there's health to a relationship. So you can't have relational harmony. And so she talked about communicating last week. This week, what I want to talk about is discerning. Discerning. It's a misunderstood skill, and it's a skill that you need to have in your life. And let me tell you something. I'm just giving you a forewarning. Uh, if you learn this skill and you develop this skill, you will save time. How many want to save time in their life? Come on, you're not going to waste years of your life. Uh, investing or uh, investing in businesses, in people, in certain types of things, you're going to save years of your life. You're going to save years of stress. Come on, somebody who can use some of that. I, I want to avoid stress if I can. How many want to avoid stress if they can? Come on, I want to avoid stress if I can. And so you're going you're gonna to learn this skill. And I want to give you some practical tools for it. I want to give you the biblical definition of it. And it's going to help you so, so much. Sound good to anybody in the room? Um, if you have your Bibles, open up to Matthew chapter 7. I would highly recommend bringing your Bibles to church. I'm somebody that likes to mark up my Bible. I think it's just really healthy for you. What does Spurgeon say? He goes, a dusty Bible leads, or a dusty Bible meets it's a dirty life. <laughs> and so I think it's so powerful. You know, get your Bible, open it up, mark it up. It should be one of your best friends in the world is a Bible. And so uh, go to Matthew chapter 7. I promise you it's going to be super helpful for you today. Uh, one little housekeeping item really quick is we are in the middle of small group season, and so we just started it actually. And so if you want to get connected in the community, we don't, we don't want you to just be in church on Sundays. We want you to be involved in the community and have a relationship with people. That's where you really will see your life changed and transformed. And so get involved in the community. I promise you it will be the best thing for you. Amen, everybody? We ready to get into it? Amen. Okay, here's my personal mission and vision for my life. Uh, my, mission, my mission is to teach people and point people to heaven and to teach them how to live heaven on earth. And one of the key principles I want to show you today is this, is this principle of discernment. I want to give you some practical solutions to it, but if there's a misunderstanding of a certain scripture, and I want to highlight that scripture today. Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 through 6, it says this, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. It goes on to say this, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? I love Jesus. Jesus is savage, y'all. He goes, yo, listen, before you judge other people, he tells us, judge yourself. Because although you have a speck in their eye, you got a plank in yours. How I many know that would be horrible to have a plank in your eye? And so Jesus is just straight up savage. In verse 4, he goes, how can you say to your brother, goes on, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye, you hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Watch this. This is where the narrative switches, and the language switches a little bit. So the first five verses is really talking about judgment. Everybody say judgment. judgment. And so judgment in our Western world, in our Western standards, is really talking about condemnation. 
So there's negative connotation that's associated with this term judgment. But the language switches a little bit here. And it goes, do not give dogs what is sacred. And do not throw your pearls to pigs. This is the word discernment. And so you need to know who the pigs are or who dogs are and what is sacred. Here's my translation of it. Don't give wisdom to fools. Another way you could say it is, listen, eagles don't associate with chickens. <laughs> right? Lions don't associate with mice. I'm preaching right now. You guys aren't hollering back at me. And so do not give dogs what is sacred and do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet. And then it goes on, last verse, and it says this. And turn and tear you to pieces. Let me, let me highlight just one more text, one more passage, just a few passages down in your Bible. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, it says, Watch out for false prophets, for they come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, what does it say? They're wolves. Come on, because everybody that looks like, you know, something healthy, just because somebody is spiritual doesn't mean they are safe. And just because somebody is, is family doesn't mean they're friendly. How many know? You, they could be blood, but it, there could be bad blood, right? And so be careful. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ferocious wolves. Watch this. By their fruit, you will recognize them. So what are we to judge? What are we to judge? Go on to the next verse, guys. Last verse. Do people pick up grapes from thorn bushes, figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. In the last verse, this is a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. I want to speak from this subject today. I think you have it in your notes already. Pharisee University. Pharisee University. Listen, I work hard on my sermon titles, and I try and make it as creative as possible. So come on, I need one compliment, please. That was an incredible sermon title, okay? Um, there's this book I read years ago. It's called, it was called Pharisectomy. Pharisectomy. And I love this book. It was so powerful. Uh, the author was named Peter Haas. He's a pastor in Minnesota. And he writes this book, and here's a subtitle. I don't want to steal it today. This is my subtitle for today's sermon. He goes, we want to help you joyfully and surgically remove all the religiously transmitted diseases you've picked up in your life. That's what I want to talk about today. Here's my prayer request, is that we would remove religion, but we would develop discernment. Remove religion, but develop discernment. Because here's what I want to teach you. I want to teach you how to identify who's a pig, who's a dog, who's a wolf, and who's a friend. That's what I want to talk about today. Does that sound good to anybody in the room? Come on, that sound good to anybody in the room? Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. I pray, Lord, that you would do what you do. Help us to remove the religion from our lives and uh, to remove the judgment from our lives as well. Help, help me to communicate your word clearly with clarity, with anointing, with grace, and uh, help us to develop the skill of discernment. In Jesus' name, and come on, everybody said? Amen. Everybody said? Amen. amen and amen. Listen, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Connect Church Regional Hospital. I will be your spiritual doctor today. You can call me Dr. Devin. You can call me Dr. Deasy. I don't care what you call me. But listen, today, this will be my utensil. This will be my tool. Grace will be our anesthesia. And you, my friends, are my patients. <laughs> and uh, listen, there is a commonly known virus in our culture today. And it's called religion. In uh, street language, oftentimes it's called legalism or hypocritical nature. Or uh, some people are identified as Pharisees today. And so it's a common sickness in our culture. Now listen, here are a few symptoms of this sickness and of this virus, which in fact you may have. Here are three symptoms. Number one, you'll be, be hypocritical. 
People that have this sickness and have this virus are hypocritical. Uh, here's the second one is homophobic. We're going to go there today, okay, everybody? Homophobic. And here's the third one is the most common symptom with this sickness is judgmental. Judgmental. And again, I want to function as a doctor today to be able to help you identify some religious diseases and tendencies that all of us have. But I also want to help you and remove some of those diseases. And I want to give you this new skill called discernment. Now listen, a lot of times, here's the problem, is we have not learned how to judge. We have not learned how to be hypocritical. We have learned these places, not in culture, we actually learned it in the church. And this is a problem. Because listen, there are some churches that are rehabilitation centers and hospitals. There are some churches which I identify, uh, I, I call them Pharisee universities. They are indoctrination camps for judgment. And it's a problem today. Listen, because how many know, uh, we believe in the local church. We believe the local church is the hope of the world. Can I get amen, everybody? And you're in a church that's a rehab center and a rehabilitation center for many people. But there are many people and there are many churches and there are many different places that use the word of God, not as a tool to help people and heal their hearts. They use it as a weapon to hurt people and to control them. And let me just tell you something. You are in a place that wants to heal you, wants to see you grow, wants to see you get better. But listen, we use this tool, we use this weapon a lot of times called judgment. And we use it wrongly and we use it foolishly. And we need to learn how to use it wisely. Because the Bible actually has something to say about this. In John chapter, 27, John chapter 7, verse 24, it actually says, don't judge by outward appearances. It goes, but instead judge correctly. Right? Right? Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. In other words, that means there is a right way to judge. And how many know there is a wrong way to judge? Come on, I'm talking to you guys. There's a right way to judge. There's a wrong way to judge. We need to make sure we are judging correctly and properly. And let me just even the playing field in the room by a simple question. How many in here have ever been judged wrongly and foolishly before? Raise your hand. Everybody in this room. Let me ask you another question. How many people in here have ever wrongfully or foolishly judged somebody else? Everybody in this room. So, so I'm talking to the right people. Okay, great. Um, I remember asking this question to some of my team and some of the people on my team recently. And it was a young lady that responded back and she said, uh, you know, I was 14 years old. She's, I don't know, I would guess 23, 24, 25 years old now. And she says, at 14 years old, I was in the church and I believe it was a deacon of her church. A man came up to her and gave her this prophetic word, prophetic word, he said. And he goes, you are going to be a disappointment to your family for the rest of your life. That was the prophetic word. And so people a lot of times will mask spirituality or say thus says the Lord and how many know that would be called a false prophet because let me just tell you something and let me just heal some people in the room that have been hurt and damaged by the church before and by people that have foolishly used the word of God incorrectly and wrongly God does not condemn people God saves people did you hear what I just said God does not condemn people God saves people proof and point John 3, 16, for God loved the world so much, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3, 17, for God did not come to condemn the world, he came to save the world. If, you don't, if you're not convinced anymore, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. This is how you will know who is a person of God and who is a person of the devil. This is how you will know who is a good teacher and who is a false teacher. The fruit of the spirit, peace, love, patience, joy, kindness, gentleness, good, good, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. James 3.17 talks about the wisdom of God is peaceable, loving, sincere, kind, generous. This is how you know God does not condemn people. God saves people. Can I get an amen? 
and listen, and listen to me. I'm, I'm about to start preaching. I'm not going to lie. Listen to me. Here's what you need to know is that there is a judge in the world, and it is not you. His name is Jesus. And aren't you grateful today? Come on, I feel like preaching right now. Aren't you grateful today that our judge is a merciful judge, and he is a gracious judge? Even though my sin and my shame and all my burdens and all the things that I have done in my life, even though they deserve judgment, God has given me mercy. He has given me grace. He has given me peace. This is the judge and the God that we serve. Can somebody give God some praise in this place and thank him today? It's the God that we serve. And so judgment is reserved for God. Discernment is reserved for you. And there is a difference between judgment and discernment. See, because watch this. Judgment says you're a problem. Discernment says there is a problem. Do you see the difference? Judgment says you're a problem. Discernment says there is a problem. We need to learn how to properly judge, and we need to learn how to properly discern. Now, I'm going to give you the definition for both. Is this helping anybody so far? Okay, here, I'm going to give you the definition of both. Here's judgment. Judgment is being overly critical and condemnatory. Condemning. It's rendering a verdict about someone's entire life based on a limited view of it. Verbally and mentally condemning the whole person without the whole story. How many in the room have ever been, and have, how many have ever experienced that before? Is when somebody judges you and they don't even know you or your story. Listen, can I just be, can I be honest? Is that okay? Can I be honest in the room? Can we, can we be vulnerable? I did a Q&A on my Instagram recently, had a lot of awesome questions, got a lot of funny questions. There was one heartbreaking question. Young man, he identifies himself as a homosexual, and he goes, if I'm gay, does that mean I'm going to hell? And that was the question they said. I responded back. The first thing I responded back with was, I said, I am so sorry. I am so sorry that people in the church of Jesus Christ has taught you that you are going to hell. We Listen, let me just tell you something about the text that we read earlier in Matthew 7. We should never judge people's salvation. That is for God and God alone. Did you hear what I just said, everybody? We're going to go there. We're going to go there. And so I said, I am so sorry. Jesus is my judge. I am not the judge. He decides who goes to heaven and who doesn't. But from what I understand about the text, behavior doesn't get you into heaven. Belief does. And so if you have a belief in Jesus and you have a relationship with Jesus, all of us are in the sanctification process. And so even somebody that identifies as a young homosexual male, let me just tell you something. If you believe in Jesus, my belief is you're going to heaven. That's my belief. Because what I understand about the text. Now, that being said, a lot of times in church settings like this, what we do is we make blanket statements and just throw them out at people, even though we have no relationship with them. What is judgment? It's, it's condemning the whole person without the whole story. You do not know what happened to that young man in his life. Maybe he didn't have a dad. Maybe he was a victim. Maybe he had some issues or some things that happened in his life, and he was condemned, hurt, or victimized. You do not know. So shame on you for judging people in their salvation story. May we need, never be people of that. May we never be people that judge people's salvation. That is not for you. Because what does the text say? The text says, do not judge lest you be judged. And the measure you judge with is the measure that will be judged back to you. In other words, if you sow condemnation, you will reap condemnation. If you, sow, if you show mercy, you will reap mercy. If you sow grace, you will reap grace. And so listen, the doctor's preaching right now. I just want to let you know that. Listen, what you sow is what you reap. And so the Bible says, do not judge lest you be judged. But it says, it's not, it's not that you shouldn't make judgments. You shouldn't condemn, but you should make judgments. You should make discernment calls. But what does it say? Before you make those discernment calls, judge yourself before you judge them. Is that not what the text said? Yeah. It says, before you get the speck out of their eye, and they need to remove that speck out of their eye. Don't, don't get it wrong. 
Before you do that, you need to make sure the plank is taken out of your eye. So before you judge somebody else, you judge yourself and examine yourself first. Do an internal assessment before you do an external assessment. Is this making sense, everybody? And so before you judge them, judge you. And you can't judge salvation. Here's another thing. You can't judge their motivation. You can't judge their motive. You can't judge the heart. You don't get to see into the heart. But what does the Bible go on to say? It says you can't judge the heart. You can't judge salvation. Make sure you judge yourself first. But before that, but after that, it says, but you can judge the what? The fruit. And that's what the principle that God tells us. Because listen, you can, here's, here's the big principle I want you to write down. Everybody look at me for a second. I pray you remember this the rest of your life because this changed my life. It's not mine. It's, I stole it from somebody. It's super helpful for me. Write this down in your notes. Here's the big idea today. Is love everybody biblically, value everybody equally, but you treat people differently. Did you hear what I just said? I'm going to say it one more time. Love everybody biblically, value everybody equally, but you got to treat people differently. Because how many know you can love everybody, you can value everybody, but not everybody is trustworthy. I'm preaching real good right now. You can love everybody, you can value everybody, but not everybody is trustworthy. So no matter their age, race, gender, whoever they are, their educational status, wherever they are from, listen, we love people and we value people. Are you hearing me, everybody? That's one thing I love about our church. I love the diversity of our church. Come on, anybody else love the diversity of Connect Church? I love the fact that you will see every walk, you will see every race, you will see every age, you will see every type of person in this room, and we want to make sure we are constantly feeding that. And so we love everybody biblically, we value everybody equally, but we must treat people differently. And that's why you have to learn the skill of discernment. Is this helping anybody so far? We have to learn the skill of discernment. So I have a few scriptures I want to show you because this is not my, my uh, uh, idea. This is God's idea. But first, I want to give you this definition. Here's discernment. The ability to perceive an unspoken truth about someone or something. It's the ability to know the difference between what is wise foolish and evil how many know just because something looks good doesn't mean it is good am i talking to anybody in the room just because something looks good doesn't mean it is good case in point how many remember samson yeah just because delilah is beautiful doesn't mean she's not a bondage just because listen she she was gorgeous but she was dangerous and so just because something looks good doesn't mean it is good so you have to learn the difference and discern the difference between what is wise what is evil, and what is foolish. And some people are not evil in your life. They're just, they're just being dumb. They're just acting dumb. They're not dumb. They're just being dumb. Does that make sense? So there are things that are wise, evil, and foolish. So I want to give you four key areas that you can look for to be able to properly discern. This is going to help people that are hiring people. This is going to help people with relationships. This is going to help people whether you're going to move forward with relationships or cut relationships off. This is going to save you some time. Before that, I want to show you a few scriptures because this is not my idea. This is God's idea. Here's a few scriptures starting off in 1 John chapter 4. It says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit. But what does it say? Test the spirits. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because there are many false prophets that have gone out into the world. That is a warning, friends. Make sure you test the spirits because there are many false prophets that have gone into the world. Next, next scripture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21. But examine everything carefully. Somebody say carefully. carefully. And hold fast to that which is good. Next scripture. Hebrews chapter 4. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Here's my last scripture in Proverbs chapter 25. It says, it's God's privilege to conceal things and the king's privilege to, cover them, to discover them. I heard an incredible sermon series not too long ago called Kings and Queens. I can't remember who preached it, but it was an amazing sermon series. <laughs> 
It was, it was your boy. Um, but I remember just seeing this text. It's a king's privilege to discover them. In other words, it's for kings and queens to go off and search and examine to make sure something is wise, something is evil, or something is foolish. Does that make sense, everybody? So here, why, why is discernment so necessary, and why is it a skill that you need to develop? Well, well case in point, uh, think about Peter and think about Judas. We'll contrast these two. Both of them betrayed Jesus, did they not? Peter denied Christ three times to a little girl. Aren't you the guy that, that is associated? No, no, it's not me. I, but I think, I'm pretty sure I saw you, but no, it's not me. I don't know. I feel like you're lying to me. It's not me. He betrayed, he betrayed him three times to a little girl. What did Judas do? Judas did the very same thing. He betrayed Jesus for just 30 pieces of silver. He, he betrayed him for money. And so both of them betrayed Jesus. But Jesus used discernment. One of them ended up killing themselves. The other one became a rock to build the church on. So Jesus discerned who had a bad day and who had a bad heart. Oh, did you get what I just said? So that's what discernment does. Discernment helps you understand if somebody is just having a bad day or if somebody is just a dumb and bad person that I need to disassociate from. Listen, we discern. Write this down. You know, it's just a key thought. We discern for placement, not judgment. I had a few people come up to me after, service, after second service and they were asking, hey, well, what if I know a lot of information about people? Like, I know the whole story. And uh, like, I'm not, I don't want to judge them. I, I want to stop judging them, but I'm not really sure what to do. I said, well, if you know the whole story, well, we discern for placement, not judgment. Meaning you get to decide based on the information that you have, whether somebody is going to be present, distant, or absent from your life. Am I making sense? So just because, listen, everybody deserves love, but not everybody deserves access. Hear me? So just because somebody, you love somebody, doesn't mean you give them access to your life and access into the transparency of your heart. Here's another little principle. I'm just trying to throw out little things that are going to help you. Um, you should be authentic with everybody, but transparent with few. You should, not you should not be transparent with just about anybody. You have to discern that, test them, uh, and make sure you can trust them. So we are discerning whether people are going to be close whether people are going to be far or people are going to be completely absent from our lives. That's why you discern. Because listen, God sends people in your life, does he not? Come on, when God really wants to bless you, he sends somebody. The greatest blessings in life walking into your life on two legs. Come on. But how many know the devil also sends people in your life as well? And so you shouldn't just be asking, oh, this is so good. Ready? You shouldn't just be asking who they are. You should be asking who sent them in my life. This is a really good sermon, God. I don't know. I just feel like this is really helping people. You should ask who, who they are, but you should also ask who sent them in your life. Is this person from God to heal me, or is this person from the devil to hurt me? That's why discernment is so important. Four key areas I want you to pay attention to, to be able to properly discern and make wise choices and wise decisions. But first, I forgot about this. Go back to the definition of, you can write the first one down, definition of discernment. Here's the Greek word, anacrino. Anacrino. It means to distinguish, to separate out by diligent search, to examine. So four key areas I want you to examine in your life, especially when you're making people decisions for relational harmony. So the first one you saw, it, people. People. You want to make sure you are watching the people that they associate with. Because how many know uh, the company you keep determines the values that you have? You want to know who somebody is? Look at their friendships. Look at their circle. Look at the people they associate themselves with. What does the Bible say in Proverbs chapter 13? Walk with the wise, become wise. But a companion of fools, what do they do? Suffer harm. And so Jim Rome, he's an American author, brilliant man. He goes, this is statistically proven. 
you will have the health, wealth, and attitude of the five closest people around you in your life. You want to know how you'll be quality-wise? You want to know the health of your body, the wealth in your bank account, and the attitudes that you will have? Look at the five people closest to you. You want to know how to discern people, how to, de- how to decide whether or not they're safe or healthy or harmful? Look at the people in their life. Second key area is this, is the past. So first, four key areas to discern. People. Second key area, the past. Now hear me. We don't judge the past. You hear me? We don't judge the past. We learn from it, though. And so you have to be asking yourself the question, is this person supposed to be close in my life? And is the past, watch this, is the past hidden or has the past been healed? See, because there are some people that have trauma and issues from the past. And that's okay. Listen, your injuries are not your responsibility, but healing is your responsibility. You hear me, everybody? I'm just trying to be a good pastor. Trauma is not your fault. Healing is your responsibility, though. And so we have to discern whether somebody is in a season or a cycle. See, a season has a start and an end date. You know, we're, we're concluding the season of winter. Praise God in here. We're concluding winter, and we're going into another season. That season has a start and an end date. But a cycle changes when you change. And so you can be in a cycle for years and years and years, and you think it's a season. No, it's a cycle. A cycle changes when you change. And so some of the cycles in your life that you've been facing, let me just tell you something, is because you haven't changed and you haven't matured and you haven't grown. And so we got to make sure that we're discovering and we're, discern- we're discerning the past, checking out the past. Here's the third, the third P, is this, is patterns, patterns. Does this help anybody? Just trying to give you as practical as I can, patterns. So four key areas to discern for people that you want close in your life or far from your life. Look at people, look at the past, look at the patterns. A lot of times we, we call a mistake is actually a pattern. If it's done two, three, four times, that's not a mistake, that's a belief. Everybody hear me? That's not a mistake. That's a belief. And so the patterns that you're seeing in, seeing in people's lives, it's a simple belief. So let's not make sure, let's make sure we don't judge the past, but we have to learn from the past. The past is an educational tool for all of us to learn from. And some people learn from the past. Some people are still traumatized by the past, but some people grow from the past. Come on, is there any, any people that have been redeemed from their past in this room? And so it's patterns. But here's the fourth one. All my Pentecostals are going to be excited when I say this one. As this. It's prompts. Prompts. And so you have to discern people, the past, patterns, and prompts. Can I just tell you something? How many know the Holy Spirit still speaks today? Come on, Holy Spirit still speaks today. And so humanity, we have five senses. You know, tasting, feeling, smelling, hearing, touching. Christians, we have a sixth sense. It's called the Spirit of God. And we don't just believe here at this church in the wisdom of God. We believe in it. But we also subscribe to the Spirit of God. And when you have the Spirit of God and the wisdom of God mixed together, you have a fully mature believer. And let me just tell you something. Don't you dare neglect the promptings of the Holy Spirit in your heart. Because He, come on everybody, He still speaks today. Come on, you ever, you ever heard a prompting of the Holy Spirit in your heart, in your spirit man before? You just said, ah, that's not the, you don't, just don't trust that person. Or, or there's, a, there's a spirit prompt that you just say, I know it doesn't make sense, and it doesn't feel wise, and everything kind of tells me to do otherwise, but I feel like I'm supposed to invest my life into that young man. That was my story. I thank God for a few people that had a spirit prompting to say, I need to invest in Devin. And uh, look at me, now I'm a doctor. Come on, everybody. <laughs> just kidding, stupid joke. 
cut that from the tape. Uh, no, but there's a spirit's prompting. I love this scripture in Isaiah chapter 30. It says it like this, verse 21. It goes, whether you go to the left or to the right, you will hear a voice. What does it say? It says, this is the way. Walk in it. Come on, somebody say, this is the way. I want you to memorize that scripture. This is the way. Walk in it. And so there's a spirit's prompting a lot of times. And the spirit is just telling you, this is the way. Go forward. Walk in it. And then how many know the Holy Spirit also says, this is not the way. Do not go forward with this. Or, or, or trust that person because they're a trustworthy person. Or the Holy Spirit says, that's a dangerous person. Come on. That might, that's a Judas right there. You don't want to be around Judas. Or, or this, is, this is Peter. He had a bad day. He made a dumb decision. He made a bad mistake. But listen, this is the person that you're going to build the entire church of Jesus Christ on. You have to have that, that prompting of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense, everybody? Does that help anybody in the room? Come on, can we give God praise for those four things? That's how you can discern. That's how you can discern. I love that about the discerning of God. Now listen, remember, we love everybody biblically. You have to value people equally, but you must treat them differently. And so you have to use discernment on how to treat them properly. Does that make sense? Let me close with this final story. I remember um, being with my wife and my son, and we're in my living room. And we're on my phone, and we're just looking through a bunch of pictures of all family and friends and stuff like that. And my son, uh, his name is Zion. He is about to turn two years old next month. It's crazy how fast time flies. It's amazing. And so he's about to turn two years old. Anyways, he speaks, you know, he speaks multi, uh, he's multilingual. And so he speaks English. He speaks body language. How many old babies speak body language? Ah! You know, he's going nuts all the time. He speaks body language. He speaks Portuguese a little bit. And he speaks tongues. This kid's always like, just constantly just like that. <laughs> And so he's constantly speaking all these different things. But we'll see, he'll see some pictures and always use names. And so he always, he always is like, and we were looking at pictures, mama? And he looks at mom, he's like, mama? And we turn another picture, he goes, dada? And we look at a bunch of family members, momo, tachi, papi? And then I have my brother-in-law, his name is Wilkes. He always, Zion always goes, go Wilkes? <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. Go Wilkes? He looks at Titi, Rue? He goes, baby, and he goes, all these different things. And there's one final picture. We, we flip it, and he goes, Zeal. And so Zion's nickname, his name is Zeal, but he can't speak Z's very well. So they come out as H's, and he goes, Heel. And so he thought he saw himself, but it was actually a baby picture of me. And so he looks at a picture of his father, and watch this, he sees himself. Oh, man, lost it. So he sees, listen to me, he sees his father, but he sees himself. I pray, my prayer for our church, man, is that when you see people, you don't see their past, you don't see their mistakes, you don't see their shame, you don't see their sin, you don't see all their issues, you see the Jesus in them. Come on, somebody. You see the Jesus on the inside of them. Listen, we don't judge people. We have no right to judge anybody, for we ourselves should be judged. But thank God for the merciful God that we serve. God has been gracious to us. He has been, we should be thankful for it. God has not judged us. We have no right to judge other people. And I pray that when we see people, we see the Jesus in people. Can we praise God, everybody, for that? We see Jesus in people. And lastly, just the kind of final revelation I had of that is when Zion looked at his father, he saw himself. Because listen, when you see your heavenly father and you get in right relationship with your heavenly father, listen to me, you find you. That's what happens is you find you. And here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. Is that okay? Can I pray for you guys? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? 
I want to pray for two groups of people. First group, if, uh, if you're comfortable, again, don't worry about it if you're not comfortable. But would you raise your hands to heaven as if God's going to do some surgery on you? <sighs> Holy Spirit, do work right now. Would you surgically remove the religion on the inside of us? The legalism, the judgmentalism, the hypocritical nature. God, we're in a sanctification process. And I know many people in this room have been hurt, have been condemned, have been shamed. And so, Father, I break that shame off of them right now in Jesus' name. I pray by the Spirit you do a supernatural work right now. Do work, Father. Do surgery, Lord. Remove that religion. And then, Father, as you're removing it, I pray that you would add discernment to us. Give us a supernatural wisdom. Well, we're going to do what we practically can do to discern relationships and we're discerning patterns and we're discerning the past. But Lord, I pray that you would speak through promptings. I know there's decisions that need to be made, uh, staff hiring that needs to be made, uh, relational decisions that need to be made. All these things, Father, I ask that you would activate the wisdom of God in their life right now, Lord, and that you would give them the discerning spirit so that they can make the right decision. They can save time. They can save stress. And they can honestly save lives. I believe that you're giving these things, Lord, in Jesus' name. Now for the second group of people with head bowed and eyes closed. Like I said about my son, when he saw his father, he saw himself. And so let me just tell you something. God wants to introduce you to a you that you've never met yet. He wants to introduce yourself to you. And I think so many people know their name, but they do not know their identity. And maybe that's you. And God wants to give you a new identity, a son, a daughter, a friend of God. But you need to be in right relationship with Jesus. And so if you want to be in right standing with Jesus from this day forward, I'm going to ask you on the count of three to shoot your hand up and say, I need to give my life to Jesus and surrender my life to Jesus. If that's you, on three, shoot your hand up boldly. One, Jesus loves you so much. He loves you so much. He died for you. He was drained of every ounce of blood that he had. He had a crown of thorns on his head. He was pierced in his side and his hands just for you. And he hung up on that cross. He could have easily gotten off of it. But he stayed on that cross because he loves you. And two, today is your day of salvation. Don't wait another minute for tomorrow is not promised. If that's you, three, would you shoot your hand up and say, I need to give my life to Jesus today. If that's you, shoot your hand up right now. I see your hand and I'm so proud of you. I see your hand and your hand and your hand and your hand. I'm so proud of you guys. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. I see your hand and your hand and your hand and your hand and your hand. And we're so proud of you. I see your hand. I'm so proud of you guys. My gosh, it's amazing. I see your hand in the back there and your hand back there. So proud. Praise God. Would everybody repeat this prayer after me? And say, Jesus, thank you. Come on, say it with more me. Thank you. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve your grace. I don't deserve salvation. I deserve penalty. I deserve to pay for my own sins. But God, you sent your son to die for me. And I receive this free gift of grace. And I receive salvation today. And I thank you, God, in advance for what you're going to do with my life. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And I put my trust and my faith in you in this, from this day forward. In Jesus' name. Now let me pray for you one more time. Father, I pray you bless your people. Bless your people. You want to do miraculous things with them. Help us to be conduits of wisdom and grace and mercy, not of shame, guilt, but I just pray, Lord, that we would be instruments of reconciliation. We would be people like salt, the salt of the earth and the light of the earth. I pray that we would influence thousands of people 
And we, may we never be judgmental. We never judge people's salvation. We would never judge people's motivation. But we will constantly and always be aware that we are called to be witnesses and not judges. We are called to be people that love others and not hurt others. May we be uh, instruments of healing, Lord. In Jesus' name. And come on, everybody in here said. Amen. Come on, everybody said. Amen. amen and amen. God bless you guys.